0: Welcome, everybody, to our Kingdom Link podcast. Again, we are so glad and honored that you have chosen to join with us today. We have a really awesome episode planned for you guys today entitled Growing Your Influence. As always, I'm so glad to have my father, Tim Gill, with us today. Dad, why don't you just go ahead and greet everybody?
1: Thank you, David. It's great to be, uh, again, talking on Kingdom Link podcast. Uh, This podcast is committed to uh, connecting generational leaders and uh, doing our best to help you grow your ministry. And uh, this, is, this is an important topic, I believe, about grow, growing your influence, growing your leadership, growing your ministry. And uh, we are in for a treat today because sitting with us uh, here in the office in our, our, our uh, Kingdom Link studios, uh, we are so glad and honored to have with us none other than a dear friend. Minister of the Gospel, Pastor Nate Whitley, is with us, and uh, we're so delighted to have him here with us. You're in for a treat today as we begin to discuss things like growing your platform, growing your influence, expanding your ministry. If you're not intentional about expanding your ministry, your knowledge, and growing your leadership skills, and uh, uh, promoting the kingdom in whatever way that you can, then you're missing out. You're missing out on the opportunity. Uh, Jesus gave the parables of the talents. The one he gave five, the one he gave two, and they multiplied them by getting busy with it. And the other one, he only gave one, and, well, he threw a pity party. Mm. And it got all upset. But we're so glad today to have with us uh, Nate Whitley, who is a, uh, an associate pastor of a, of a great, uh, growing, thriving church First Apostolic Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Brother Whitley is also an author, uh, podcaster, blogger, teacher, mentor, father, husband, and a friend. And we are delighted to have him with us here today. Brother Nate, if you would just take a minute and just uh, say hello to our audience. Welcome.
2: Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Pastor Gill, and uh... Uh to, uh to David and uh, to all the listeners, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a great honor. I've enjoyed the, uh, the previous ep- episodes you've had, and I appreciate the, uh, the work that you all are doing. And so uh, kind of a great honor to
1: be able to be a part of this episode today. Amen. And uh, we will, in the, in the show notes or in the details, uh, post uh, Brother Nate's websites, uh, his podcast, and a blog. You really need to be able to follow him. If you're not following him on social media and you're not subscribed to his podcast, Cut It Straight is one podcast. And do you have another podcast as well? Yeah, the uh, Bible Exposition podcast. All right. Uh, Cut It Straight is about uh, young, mentoring, ministers, yeah. young ministers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mentoring young ministers, and fantastic. You need to go subscribe mm-hmm. to that and um and also to the uh one that is, what describe your second podcast the bible exposition is is mostly sermons and lessons
2: that i teach um uh, either at our school or at our church mm-hmm. or so i'm teaching something through a series i put all those audio files uh there and kind of
1: teach systematically through the bible in one way shape or form that's awesome and, and you'll be a blessing to these podcasts will will certainly be a blessing to you. Get connected to them, and we'll put those in the details. Let's start at the beginning with you, brother Nate. When it comes to your leadership and ministry, uh, tell us a little bit of your ministry story.
2: Well, um, it begins uh, a while back when i was um, I was probably seventeen years old, maybe eighteen. And I was, I, I grew up in church. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in church. My, my, uh, my mom took me to church from the time I was born. Um, and so I grew up in apostolic uh, church my entire life. But I was just a musician. I, I loved music. And so mm-hmm. that's all I was ever involved in, never I wasn't the most spiritual young person you would ever would have met. Um, I was my life goal was to play music and to make people laugh. and uh, <laughs> that was just kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and I enjoyed church. I enjoyed uh, being a part of church. I was just that's all I knew, yeah, but it wasn't anything that you know was vital to my purpose by you know at that time as a teenager and whatnot. Um, and so I had this moment we had. Um, Joel Urshan preaching a youth revival for us. I was 17 or 18 years old, and he was not much older than I was. And he was like an old man in a young man's body preaching, and he was Mm -hmm. just dynamic then as he is now. And so I remember leaving Sunday school um, that Sunday morning, and I was pulling out of the church, and I'd never heard the voice of God and never heard or never claimed to um, hear God speak or anything. And uh, we were going to Long John Silver's, as we did, about every uh, Sunday Mm -hmm. afternoon. And I heard this something, or other voice impression something that said, "You are going to be doing what that young man's doing." And I was just like, it was just super strange to because obviously that would not come from me because that was not anything that I had ever intended to do. So I I kind of tucked that away, never told anyone about it because first of all they would have made fun of me, um, and so or they never would have believed me. And so um, I felt it again around the age of twenty two. Um, and ran really hard from it. And, uh, just, again, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a professional musician and I wanted to, uh, kind of take it that to, to you know, that part of my life that was, you know, music was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ran really hard from that cause that's not what I wanted to do. And the Lord got me into a place where he could speak to me and, uh, my life was really turned upside down and hit a really low point. And, um, Walked away from from church, walked away from God, and and uh, it was just it, it was bad. But I knew, and all of it was running from this initial call. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I uh, prayed through on an Easter Sunday morning in uh, 2005, and um, my life was changed. And I really felt like that moment was. Uh, vital. I mean, like it was, you know, I've been baptized, got the Holy Ghost when I was younger, but you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to discount that because it was very important. But for that, at that moment, it really felt like salvation took place in my heart, like real repentance took place in my Mm -hmm. heart, you know? And, um, and so it was a change and immediately it was just, my world was turned upside down. Mm -hmm. All the things that I used to love, I now hated and the things that I used to hate, I now Mm -hmm. loved. And so, uh, we went to a revival with Josh Wilson the very next week, and uh, I never heard of Josh, never met Josh before, and he was like the Tasmanian devil, <laughs> just, you know, this whirlwind <laughs> coming in, whirlwind coming out, and uh, he's still that way, oh. and, um, and he took a liking to me, and uh, he would, he, he seen something in me that I didn't see in myself, and he reached out to me, hey, can I call you sometime, and I'm going to go places and would you like to go and so he, he would call me and I'm preaching a revival in Timbuktu Kentucky or Missouri or somewhere right. and he'd pick me up and I'd go with him and he'd have me testify and so um, in at my home church it was this kind of, in in Bloomington uh, I work with Darren and Julie May who who uh, really uh, invested in me and, and helped me to and they let me uh, give a talk one time on a on a Tuesday night youth service class or something, yeah. and uh, it was pretty pretty awful, I'm sure. And um, <laughs> but Darren was, you know, he was he he told me he said you're going to be from that moment he told me he said uh, you're going to preach NYC one of these days, and uh, I never wow. I'd never be, I would never I didn't believe it then, and then it was like for those
1: of you that are listening that may not be a part of the assembly of the Lord Jesus Christ when you say NYC. You're saying the the largest conference that our our ministry fellowship yeah hosts. the national National youth it's convention. a national youth conference and yeah. so you know here you are at your first uh, stages of just beginning yeah ministry and somebody tells you you know that's which is a big deal <laughs> that, that's a very big deal very and,
2: big deal. and it, it it came to pass um, almost 10 years to the to the day that he said that Wow. Uh, and um, so that was kind of, I I went to, I stepped out in faith, went to evangelize, that's how I met you um, in 2006. I right. preached a youth revival here, and first of all, let me go ahead and apologize for those services, I'm, pre- I'm sure they're pretty, <laughs> uh, those sermons are probably terrible, and please burn those if you have those somewhere hidden. Um, and so it kind of went from there, and then I uh, got connected to to you all again, and you asked me to come be a part of... Uh, Medora Pentecostal Church in January 2007 they asked me to stay for the entire month of consecration and um, he wanted me to pray for uh, miracles and uh, signs and wonders which was really uh, intimidating because um, the walking supernatural ministry and and elder Fred Gill was here uh, <laughs> the Apostle Bishop ml walls was here and then uh, the great teachers and ministers that that you are and sister Gill are. Um, And so it was intimidating, and then you asked me to stay here for six months, and that turned into nine months. I went to Potts Camp, Mississippi, and interned there with um, Pastor John Voskis, and then I went to evangelize, did that for about three years. Got married, and now I'm associate pastor
1: at uh, First Apostolic Church in in Knoxville, Tennessee. And and the thing that is exciting about ministry and watching, being able to be older and watching people such as yourself... Because I remember the first time that I I met you uh, was at NYC. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I felt led to go over and lay hands on you and pray for you. And I felt an immediate connection. And uh, you and I have had uh, a connection ministerially. We're friends, naturally, but also ministerially. And I believe that there has to have that moment of connection between people who are working in the place of like mentoring or helping grow well, someone's I, I, pr- ministry. I prayed that I prayed that prayer um, I knew I needed
2: um, a godly figure to invest in my ministry or I wouldn't make it um, and I needed I needed somebody to be hands-on because I I, I, I didn't come from a ministry home uh, I never wasn't around I didn't hang around ministers. I hung around my friends and and my friends dads were were preachers but and I, I was around them a lot but it mm-hmm. wasn't like I was around it like you know what I'm saying to in the context to, of ministry, of ministry. Right. you know right. it was I'm in my 20s I'm 25 years old yeah and so I knew I prayed I needed you know all the help that I could possibly get and I I, I didn't I didn't seek it out personally mm-hmm. I prayed it and God mm-hmm. made the connection uh, he made the Kingdom Link. Yes. Um, uh, to, <laughs> I like how you did that. Yeah, to, see so, was... <laughs>
1: so please subscribe to the Kingdom Link at, at this time. I, and I think, though, in talking about growing your influence, sometimes people see Nate Whitley, who is uh, associate pastor, uh, working in great links in the ministry, depths of ministry, writing books, preaching NYCs, Uh preaching uh, camps and conferences, and you are a tremendous influencer on social media. Mm -hmm. When they see people, people see that in you. I think the message that I would like for us to get on this podcast is that that didn't start yesterday. And I'm just a little,
2: um, it it kind of just, um, I'm uncomfortable with that. It, because I don't I don't see myself like that. And mm-hmm. um know I, 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 it's just it's all still very you know, I'm going to preach in my hometown uh, tomorrow and I've got friends who are going who, who recently said, You're still preaching? Like you're still doing like <laughs> like you're just, like this is you're st-. I'm like, Yeah, I this is fifteen years now. I mean you think, you know <laughs> Maybe it's gonna last. It, 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 it might it might work <laughs> Maybe out. It'll work you know, out. <laughs> it, it might uh you know and and, and I get it because they knew
1: you went. Uh, you know,
2: yeah, and and it goes back to what Paul said: not many wise, and um, uh, in, and in, that are called. And mm-hmm. he he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I was the foolish one of the bunch, uh, and so I I don't see myself like that. Um, uh, and and I told I had friends um, who who felt called around the same time that I did, and their ministries didn't. Um, accelerate, like mine did, mm-hmm. and I and and I think that's okay. And I told them that. Listen, you're, it's not going to happen what, to you what happened to me, and and that's okay. Yeah. Um. And I don't know why. I don't. I. I mean, it wasn't like I was because obviously I, I didn't have the anything in my favor. I right. didn't come from a, a pastor's home. I didn't. I wasn't the pastor's son. I wasn't. I didn't have this advantage that other people right. had. And so I, I really don't know, but it was just the, the kindness of God to put His hand on me, and, and, and I paid for it. You know, there's, 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 yeah. there's, there's some times of, of great dearth and dryness and hurt and uh, frustration, and yeah. you, know, you, you know, I've talked over the years, you know that. Um, and so it doesn't happen overnight, and, I, and,
1: and I, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I'm a little taken aback by it all. Well, see, that to me... Is why you are where you are, mm-hmm. is because I think when somebody sets forth to grow their influence, if they have an ultimate goal in mind, then they reach that goal, then what then? Right? I think the ultimate goal is to continually grow your ministry. Paul said, "I have not yet attained <laughs> the apostle, right? Who went to the third heaven. Yeah. The apostle who wrote the majority of the New Testament says, "I don't know why you're saying that about me." I, I you know, because and I love how uh, Bishop Walls has narrated this, as others have, but he does a great job. Is that as the apostle's ministry accelerated, the apostle so his humility mm. went deeper. Mm. And to me, if you want to grow influence, I think it is a it is a combination of working on your ministry, working on your gift, discovering what your gift is, knowing what you're good at in the in the kingdom, in leadership, working on that, but also at the same time growing in in the depth of submission and character and integrity right. and humility because as the as the as the ministry goes up, the foundation must go down deeper, yeah. right, into that.
0: Well, and speaking of influence, I heard a saying one time that I really loved is that influence is like the change in someone's pocket. Everyone's got some form of influence, but what you do with it is what really matters. You can go and spend it on a piece of gum and it's gone. Right. Or you can put that into an investment and you grow on it and you build upon it. And then that change that was in your pocket is something much larger than that. Right. So when you really put investment into your influence, then you start seeing, you know, Great harvest out of that instead of just throwing it away.
2: Well, it, I, Jesus said to go into your prayer closet mm. and shut the door. Mm-hmm. Private, private devotion yields public success. Amen. If you're if you're trying to um, sow in public ministry without the private devotion, it's going to be very flat and very shallow. And yes. it's not, it's not, it's not going to last long. Right, right. Um, and I think it's behind the curtain. It's behind the closed doors. It's, it's in the darkness when, where no one sees. Um, it's, it's in the in the times of frustration and loneliness that if you can, if you can strive mm-hmm. during those, and if you can, we talked about this today at lunch. If you can have some initiative in those moments without the spotlight, mm-hmm. I think that you you feel. More comfortable there than you do in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There, there's too many who feel uh, too comfortable in the spotlight, mm-hmm. than, than, but they don't feel comfortable alone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm, <laughs> I, I have to be. I'm taking pride in my humility. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's here's yeah, the book. Yeah. Here's your next it's book. My, <laughs> pride <laughs> and humility. Pride, pride <laughs> and how I got it. I mean, yeah. humility yeah. and how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I, I, to, to me, I, I am. I don't feel comfortable on a platform. I really don't. I don't, I feel, I don't, I would, I like to sneak in the back and sit in the back and be with the crowd and just kind of, I don't, I just, that's just always kind of been my personality. Um, and I just, I I think you have to be comfortable with who you are. You don't have to be, you know, so-and-so celebrity preacher or X, Y, Z famous author or whatever. I think if you can just be, hey, I'm Nate,
1: and let's just go hang out and have a cup of coffee. Let me, let me take that into a little bit uh, deeper um, awareness and thought. You serve in the church that was founded by Bishop Billy McCool, one of the most iconic figures Absolutely. across the apostolic ranks, a tremendous leader. And your father-in-law happens to be Pastor Mark McCool, who is to me the epitome of an apostolic gentleman, absolutely, and who uh, uh, is a tremendous minister of the gospel in his own right. And so you're in a situation where you have influence with people that you're serving with. Take us through what it takes in your mind to have that influence that goes upward. For instance, you're an associate pastor, you do not serve as necessarily the lead pastor, but... Influencing and growing your influence with them, with your father in law, with your, uh, you know, with Bishop McCool and those that you're serving with. Let me go back to how I got to Knoxville.
2: Um, I was evangelizing uh, for about three years full time. And I got to the place where I was months out in a schedule. Like I mm-hmm. finally got to that point. it took taken me a couple of years to get to that point where I had, right. you know, three and four months out, I had a schedule. And, um, I met Ashley at our national youth convention. She was singing, I was playing drums. Um, and so I had this crush on her and finally acted upon it and asked her out. And it, you know, this, that, that story kind of unfolded and we got engaged and, um, and she, you know, we talked about what our future is going to be. You know, let me give, let me give some, uh, some advice here. Talk to your future spouse about your future goals, family, finances, career, retirement, mm-hmm. um, all those things. We talked. We were very open with each other about those decisions. And I told her, I said, I don't want to come to Knoxville. Mm-hmm. I, I said, because, number one, I was turning 30. I said I don't want to be a youth pastor. That's I I've I've worked in youth ministry. I, I'm I feel like I'm too old to do something like that. I don't feel like I can, can connect to right. youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she said, "Well, whatever whatever you feel, I'm going with you." So if this is what you feel. Well, let's do it. And so I preached quite a bit in Knoxville and loved the church, loved the people, and right. it was just you know it's just a dynamic place. Yes, so it I, so it was mm-hmm. nothing about not being there. I just I w- I had worked so hard to travel full-time as an evangelist, and here I was finally kind of seeing the fruit of my labor, and and so I was like, I don't want to mess that up, you Mm -hmm. know, and so so it was nothing about the church, it was just about kind of me being selfish, so, um, (laughs) and so anyway, uh, Pastor McCool was like, hey, it was a Sunday, he was like, Bishop wants to have breakfast in the morning, and usually if you're an evangelist and the pastor wants to talk to you the next morning, either you did bad, um, and he needs to correct you, or um, he wants to reschedule you for another. So, um, and so I knew this conversation was going to come up. I knew that they were praying. They never said anything to me, but I knew that they were praying to keep Ashley in Knoxville. And so um, i I had my no ready I had my no already my and we talked on the phone mm-hmm. about it like the the like the the day of we talked about on the phone I said no and you said to me you said just hear him out, whatever it is, just hear him out and I said well I'm going to say no you know and so because <laughs> uh, I didn't want to be a youth pastor and um and so we sat down at 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 Cracker barrel in Knoxville and Bishop said what uh we've been praying and fasting, and we feel like you could be. Associate Pastor here at First Apostolic Church of Knoxville, and uh, potentially the the future pastor of this church. What do you say? And I said, um, "What? You know, like, uh, this <laughs> is not that this is, is this is, the, I, this is <laughs> not what I was looking for." You know, and uh, I said, "Well, let me." I said, "Let me pray and fast. Give me some time." I said, "Let me get some counsel from Brother Gill and uh, John Voskis and Nathan Thornton." I said, "I want to get some. I want to get some advice and get some counsel." And they said. We respect that, and so I did, and I uh, prayed and fasted for uh, quite some time, and obviously Ashley and I talked about it. She said, we'll do whatever the Lord tells you to do, so she, would, she would, there was no pressure from her to say, stay here. We're staying here. There, was, there yeah. was nothing like that, and so that changed everything, so I was driving down the road. I was in Lexington, Tennessee, and I was driving down the road praying about this situation, and the Lord spoke to me, um, and He said... Um, he said, uh, what was Peter's occupation? Mm. And I said, he was a fisherman. And the Lord took me to the end of John, John's gospel. Yeah. And, and the Lord looked at Peter, the fisherman, mm-hmm. and said, Peter, do you love me? He said, mm-hmm. Lord, you know I do. And he said, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? He said, I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. Mm-hmm. Peter you love me. I said, Lord, thou knowest thou. You know us all things. <laughs> he said, feed my sheep. The Lord took a fisherman and mm-hmm. turned him into a shepherd.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He was going to take me, an evangelist, catching the fish, and now he's going to make me a shepherd. And so I knew that that was what God was doing in me. And, it, and again, it was one of those things that the affections changed. And so it, so going there, I I felt like I had some influence as an evangelist going going there, to, mm-hmm. to, you know, and so and how it was presented once we said yes, it was the 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 goal and the vision was to shut the door the back door to people they were baptizing people weekly and people get the Holy Ghost all the time mm-hmm. and they said we need help with discipleship and and keeping people, and so I felt like we could go in there and I could be the evangelist that I had been. And but also kind of transition to maybe discipleship and see if we some organization. So leading up, it was taking the responsibility of the task that was given to me. And so immediately, Ashley and I were teaching, we were teaching five and six Bible studies a week. I mean, we were teaching at the school. So I said I didn't want to be a youth pastor, and I ended up being a teacher in a, uh, in a Christian school uh, <laughs> full time. So the Lord still got me, you know. He, uh, and again, He changed your affections. But, and so teaching all day, and then we'd go and teach Bible studies. And then we started a uh, class, a discipleship class, to, people, to new people on Sunday mornings. we teach them um, a discipleship program. And so I, I, I wanted to, to let them see that they could trust me with,
1: with the responsibility to do the task that I was given. So, so mm-hmm. what you're saying is that in, in, in the question of leading up and influencing upward is do your job well. Right. What you've been given to do and that is so important i think Absolutely. for influencing a a, a like a, a lead pastor or a lead or let's just say you're in in a job you want to influence your boss or influence one that is your 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 leader your overseer is do what you've been asked to do well then you know it's not in it was here's the
2: potential
0: right
2: you know the potential is to be this this position or title well, they're not going to hand me the keys to the Cadillac if I don't know how to drive the Pinto. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so you got to, you, you have to, you know, take some responsibility and be able to be entrusted with the tasks. And I think from there we did that, and so we started, we really started growing in those ways. And, and so. I wasn't doing it to impress anybody. Right. I'm doing it because this is what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. And so then it was growing it a little bit, a little bit further, doing some other, st- uh, some other things, working in some other, you know, and people gaining the trust of other people within the within the church and the organizations and the teams where I could say, you know, hey, here's let's try this. Well, I see that he's doing. he and Ashley are doing this, and we're seeing some success, so now...
1: So influence grows. Absolutely. As you begin to minister in the capacity with which they're you have. Not, they're not going to listen if you
2: yeah. can't... You, you know, it's, it's the old adage, you, you know, there's no corn in your crib. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be able
1: to, to influence yeah. anybody else. Right. It's been my experience in working with multiple layers of ministry and, and uh, multiple positions of ministry both, uh, from both sides. And that is, I think people respond to influence when it is based upon integrity of service, that it's not being demanded. Uh, the Lord teaches us to be leaders, not slave drivers. Right. So we lead by example, you know, in leading up, if you want to influence the church with worship, be a worshiper right when I influence the church with um, uh, evangelism you know be an mm-hmm. evangelist right evangelistic in your and if you want to influence change in your church I think it's very important that 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 the leaders see that investment and they trust right and, and that's that's big
0: well I think another thing is that Influence is really based on relationships as well. Mm. As you said, as mm-hmm. soon as you got in there, you were teaching Bible studies, so you were connecting with people. Right. So I, I know me personally, I'm not going to be influenced by somebody I don't have a relationship with. Right. Absolutely. It's a lot harder for someone to move me uh, emotionally, physically, <laughs> spiritually, if I if I don't have any connection with them. Yeah. So if you're connected with them, that brings you that influence. That's the difference between that leader
1: and slave driver role is relationship. Yeah. And just because a a person gets a title does not give them influence. No. Right. I think influence is a process of time. And it can't be demanded either. No. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you and I have had, uh, conversations, uh, brother Nate, you and I have had conversations about dealing with the, the, um, intricacies of personality when you're working with someone. And, uh, I think that that is something that if we're not willing to navigate and not always get our way, then we're going to probably fall and find ourselves falling flat on our face. Right, Because we have to realize we all have different personalities, right. and that goes into our leadership styles. That goes into the way that, that things are being done. And uh, finding that vein and finding what works, because sometimes what you're trying to lead up that particular person may have a different personality and you want to reach them through that understanding they may not accept you know straight talk or they may not accept passive talk right mm-hmm. it's it's understanding kind of what their personality is and what their, the way that they would respond the let me go back to you know i went
2: from preaching 5 and 7 times a week Mm-hmm. as an evangelist, mm-hmm. to preaching once a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for most people, that would be very difficult to do. And, sure. um And so I had to find an outlet, and that outlet was in teaching Bible studies and mm-hmm. teaching in our school and teaching uh, like in discipleship classes on Sunday mornings. And so what God did... Was he began to use that to transform my ministry, where I enjoyed teaching much more than I enjoyed preaching the one-off sermon. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. uh, you know that you would have to do as an evangelist. You know, right. you're coming in. You hey, can you come in on a one night, and and you have to, you know, have both barrels of the gun loaded right. and, and preach, you know, the the one sermon you know is going to work. Well, now it was. I really enjoyed to see what the Word of God can do to somebody
1: simply by just explaining it to them. Mm. Right. Well, what you are saying then also is is what I am hearing is that your influence begins to grow when you find what gift God has given you, right? Because right. God, you are you are a great preacher. <laughs> Even when you evangelized, right. you know you you did a great job. But uh, I have been able not just right up on the front row seat been able to watch you over the years developed into a scholar and and a Bible teacher. And that's so fulfilling to watch somebody find find their gifting and their abilities. But that takes time. And it also takes sometime God putting you in a place where it's uncomfortable. Right. And right. well, I don't think I ever would
2: have would have realized that calling had I stayed on the evangelistic field. Mm -hmm. Mm You know what I'm saying? Because most evangelists, the, the way we in our movement have shaped the calling of evangelists aren't given the opportunity to come in there and to teach. Right. And to, you know, have it do a series or something like that. Mm -hmm. Usually they're coming in to bring revival, get them, you know, get them fired up Mm -hmm. and, and have a move with the Holy ghost. But I found sitting, you know, like behind a desk or at a, Kitchen table or in a classroom, I found that um, that's where I was making a lot of influence. So let me just talk about influence. Let me let me give you an example of that. One of the first families we taught a Bible study to, um, they were established family in our church, and they had a neighbor from across the street, and she. She had a hodgepodge of ideas about what she believed. She had come from Catholicism. She had come from uh, Messianic Jews. She had all kinds of um, uh, this mystical stuff, and it was she had a hodgepodge of background. I mean, she was just and and ultra conservative uh we in in where we are in the south there's a very conservative branch of baptist churches mm-hmm. that look mm-hmm. like us. Mm-hmm. So she had a little bit of that too. She is she had a ton of different <laughs> ideas. <I'm> yeah, <57. laughs> uh, and so um we came in they're like hey can you come? We'll we'll cook dinner and we'll eat and then you teach Bible study. I said sure. So they had three little kids they had um, uh, uh, I think he was Luke was in. He may have been. He may have just been a freshman in high school. I'm trying to think of my timeline here. And Alyssa was in, in middle school, and Hannah was in elementary school. And so we would eat in the kitchen, and then uh, their friend. I can't remember the name at the moment. I think it was. I think her name was was Trisha. And she would sit there, and, and I would teach exploring God's word, kind of my version of exploring God's word. And the, and the kids would sit there, and I, so I'd teach all of them. And so, and I don't ask any questions until we get to the end here. Mm-hmm. And and so then, at the end, Trish would ask a question, and the, or the family would ask a question. We'll end up, we end up baptizing yeah. her, and uh, she got the Holy Ghost, I think, at another point. Or she may have already had the Holy Ghost, I can't remember. But anyway, it was a very, you know, I'm thinking I'm there for, for that individual. Right. Well... Years later, you know, I'm now 10 years removed from that. All three of those children are in ministry.
1: One's, awesome. one's
2: in ministry in Louisiana at Nathan Thornton's church. She plays a part of their music team. She married a young man. He's a minister there. Uh, Luke is over our college and career ministry on campus, on the UT campus. Uh, Hannah's a part of the music department. And and, um, awesome. and so now, I, I, you know, that's influence. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of a... Um, uh, just, you know, a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. I was there for that young lady that, that we were teaching, but God can do that. You can build that influence and you see something happen there. And, and let me go back to influence again. So now, like, I go to the school. I teach these kids, you know, throughout the week, whether in Bible class or at, or at in a classroom, like I'm teaching a, cl- a career explorations class this year, and you build those relationships and then Ashley and I do music for our kids in those in those times during the school, for our um, chapel services. And so over ten years time, we've built influence with those those students and those kids, who are now a part of our music program. And they know what Nate and Ashley expect. Mm-hmm. They know what they know how to. You're there on time. You're prepared. You have <laughs> right. your music. You know you you do what you're you're told to do and and be a part of the team. And we've taught them that, and now they're a part of that that own little organism of, of ministry. So influence, you know, it, it's not just behind like a pulpit. No. You know, it's not just. that's very little of what we do. Exactly. And so I think building those relationships, what David said is, you know, you're not going to heed someone's advice or be moved by them. If, if there's not some type of connection there. Yeah. You know,
0: well, and that really just opens the door. Yeah. I mean, because, even though you, it seemed like you were there for that one woman, it opened the door to the kids' lives, right. which really impacted their life. And so even though you're there for a different reason, that just relationship of just being consistent, it, it does things that you don't even know you'll see.
1: Right, right. That's the blessing of being at a place for a length of time. Right. To mm-hmm. be able to watch growth and development. And so your, your influence now... Is at an incredibly different level than what it was uh, ten years ago. Right. Uh, to to be able to take that takes time. So let us encourage our our ministers and leaders of all ages. Take take heart. Your influence grows as you grow, and as you begin to expand in in that. Uh, let's just shift just a little bit. Okay. Because you are an influencer. With your media, your podcast, with your blogging, and social media as well. Social media, whether we like it or not, is there. Yep. We will either use it for good or for evil. Um, it's, it's sometimes the bane of my existence to see what is on Same. Uh, Facebook or yes. Twitter or some of the other... Um, I'm not a huge Instagram person. I'm working on that, trying to understand that. I just, you know, I am uh, not quite as young as I was. (laughs) But talk to us a little bit about the power and the influence you can have on being righteous with the way you promote yourself, promoting your books, watch you promoting your books, promoting your blogging, promoting these different things. I'm very proud of you for that because I think I, I watch you. There are those that are out there, it's all about tooting their own horn, but really you're able to share what you're doing and doing it well yeah. and doing it righteous. Well, I think
0: also another thing is that it's such a fine line between mm-hmm. promoting yourself in a way that is still holy to God and being prideful of yeah. yourself. And I think that's something that you do very well Is promoting your work that God has done through you and to not be prideful
2: well I the the and I think we have to go to um, intent and motive and then what are you promoting yourself or are you promoting the content mm-hmm. and I I'm, I'm always wanting to try to promote the content and if I can get the content right you know out there then you know that's just that that's that's the, the main goal for me Unfortunately, I'm tagged to it. You know, I'm attached to it as well. That's mm-hmm. the nature of the way that <laughs> right. and and it's set up, and it's it is. It's just the way it is. Um, and so, you know, I've I, I was I've been on Twitter for a long time. I think like it started in like 2009. I was there in early stages of that. I got off of Facebook when we got married. I just I I I hated what Facebook was mm-hmm. in like the early 2010s. It was just. And, and it was just, I I wanted to, and, and being a pastor, I didn't want to see all, all mm-hmm. of that and not be kind of, you know what I'm saying? Right. And being in a new place, and I didn't want to see all that. I kind of want to be ignorance is bliss. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, I deleted mine. And, um, and so I had a private one where I was a part of the, uh, administrator for our church Facebook page and, and I can have it to sign up for like giveaways and stuff like that. But no one knew that I, I had it. It was just there. Right. I and mean, because once again I didn't want to see everybody's nonsense. And so but then I got on the Instagram very early. My wife and I got on Instagram very early in the early stages of that. Um Comer we you know West Com- Comers a good friend of mine. He's designed both of my um my my book covers and he is a branding machine and a marketing machine. Yeah. We brought him into our church around 2011 and 12 to talk about branding for our church. Uh, we had like fifteen different logos for our church, and it mm-hmm. drove me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so that was one of my first projects when we got there was to to redo the website and and redo all the the, the logos. And so we brought Wes in, and we went over this overhaul and the right. and why we should do this. And Wes said this one thing that he said a lot of great things, but one thing he said to me that st- has stuck with me from all of that was, you have to be where the people are. Oh. Mm. Well, Say that again. You have to be where the people are. That's awesome. And, so, and that was back in 2011 or so. Right. Um, Social media and, hadn't even... It, it, right really, it really wasn't as big as it is now. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <clears throat> so we were talking about that. We weren't on Facebook. Our church had a Facebook page, but we didn't have, like, we weren't streaming there. Mm-hmm. We streamed pretty much from our church website. Well, we got a lot of traffic to our church website, but we weren't getting a whole lot of traffic on Facebook. And that has all shifted people usually don't come to church websites very much anymore. Right. They're going to Instagram, they're going to Facebook. Right. Yeah. And that's where you, because that's where you are. So you go to where the people are. Well, as much as I would like to, uh, rail against Facebook and all that, mm-hmm. I realized that's where the people are. Mm-hmm. And I've had Instagram, uh, the entire time and you'd post personal things, your family and, and whatnot. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I can use this to you know, maybe have some, do some good. And, uh, so brother Vasquez asked me, I think it was 2018, we were doing kind of collaborating together um, on a project, and he was like, "I want you to teach online on Facebook." Well, I had this fake f- Facebook account. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "They're not gonna know who it is." And the, <laughs> they're gonna say, and it was my middle name in the street I grew up on. And I was like, oh, they're oh like, they're nice. not gonna. Know. So I was like, so I told him, I was like, "I'm gonna have to change this real quick." And so I had to go public with my name and change it all. And all of a sudden, people were like, "Oh, you're back on Facebook." And I was like. Okay, so uh, I'm back out there, and you know, just and anyway, I seen Bishop Walls posting every day on Facebook. He's a beast. <laughs> he
0: cracks me. And up. Uh,
2: people like, and I was like, I was so inspired by that. I thought, you know, and also I like the, I really love the option that you can unfollow people but still be their friends. Yeah. So oh, dude, that's I so great. Isn't I, it? I so I follow nobody. I don't. I mean, I love, I love y'all. I love y'all so much. Uh, but I, but you know, my my closest friends, but. People out there listening, I'm, I'm, I'm not following you. Anyway, uh, uh, but I, you know, but that's okay because I, I think you have to pick and choose who you follow. And what? I'm, I'm yeah. using it as a tool. I'm not using it as uh, to, to cause all kinds of debate. And so I thought, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it for good like Bishop Wallace is doing. So uh, I'm going to post positive things there as well. And then the same for Instagram. Um, going, going back to the blog, I, I've had a blog, I, I, when I evangelized, I had a blog and I'd, I'd post Mm -hmm. like where I was and what would happen and no one read it but my mom. Um, and so that was cool. It's like, oh, I seen your picture there and why were you wearing that? And so anyway, but, uh, that's basically all that was for, uh, to check in with mom. Anyway, so, um, then I, I had another website where I, I was writing quite a bit and then, uh, I went to school and, I, and it kind of went the way of the earth and I didn't renew it, so I started over again with the with the hopes of just putting all of my works, uh, like sermon notes and stuff I did at school, to put on there. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of just what it was. Right. it was. There was no intention. Just like it was, I just wanted like a place just to, to dump my stuff and make it look nice, you know, and and then kind of push it out there and see if they ever want to read my sermon notes from Sunday. It's it's there, right? And, and it kind of just happened like people were like kind of going there and then i'd put it on instagram and then people at church were like and to me let me say this too let me say this this is really important the 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 people i want to influence the most with the posts on my blog on instagram facebook twitter the people i want to influence the most is my church people right those are the people i want to engage the ones that directly lead right okay everybody else is peripheral that's just that's that's Mm -hmm. that's that's the icing, you know right. what I'm saying. But the people I want to influence the most are the ones that I'm with every day. Yeah. Uh, I want them to share those notes. I want them to go, "Hey, I like that sermon. Can I have that app? Take it. Go share with your friends. Whatever you want to do." And that's kind of where it just and so it evolved to that. And then the daily readings. I kind of got I got inspired from Bishop. I seen that he was kind of riding where his Bible reading was last year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I thought, I think I could do that. I yeah. think I could do that, and I've got and so not that I think I could be bishop, but I'm thinking <laughs> I, I think I could do something similar right. and see what happens. Right. And I have you know I have like a little I have a little group of people who like to read those every day. Yeah. Um, and I'm at a, I knew I was gonna have a, I was gonna run into a wall when I got to Isaiah, and I'm there. <laughs> i I'm, I'm, I'm I've ran into that wall. And I'm and so is I, it a
1: wall it, or is it a well?
2: It's yeah, because it's so deep, it is so deep. And it's just, <laughs> and I know if I could just get to Isaiah 53 where uh-huh. the suffering serve, if I could just get there, you know, I've I, I did Isaiah 9 and 6, I did, I mean, I've got the one, I'm like, but now it's like Isaiah 34 to Ephraim, you know, it's just like, <laughs> hey,
1: everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Judgment's coming, you know. And it's, it's so I knew that was gonna happen. But anyway, well,
1: Jeremiah would be that book for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jeremiah would be like It's you know, next. It's next. He's ne- the weeping prophet. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this guy that yeah. Well, I you know, I think that it is to me it's a blessing because what you're what you're doing is sharing your gift with with your church people, but also with the world and your daily postings. I've not been able to, you know, look at all of them, but I do. Um, when I get the opportunity, because m- my time for me personally on Facebook or social media is to to post something, mm-hmm. right? Because you know it's something I feel like I want to share, ministerial. Right. Or uh, don't do a lot of reading. Um, I do a lot of praying yes. when I'm when I'm reviewing. Yes, uh, Lord, touch that person. <laughs> yes. Heavenly Father, would yes. you touch them? Yes. Like, really, if you ca- if you to all of our listeners out there, you have a problem praying over five minutes. Take every post, yes, and pray for that person. <laughs> yeah, you will have the content of whatever they said to know what to pray for. Right, and and, and, and I mean that. These are live prayer requests. Yeah, live prayer requests <laughs> coming right. <laughs> no. that's, right, at, that's yes.
2: exactly you know what I was going going to Instagram. I I released the book. Um, I am in July, and I had a peak of sales. Where I was it was I had a, you know I, I was getting a lot of rhythm to it in July and then going into August. Well, then it's just it kind of just petered out and just kind of trickled out a little bit um, down where I'm getting kind of just a dribble of sales here and there. and I thought, man, um, I want to keep pushing this out there, but I don't want to be um, I want to post this book every day,
0: right you know hey Bob, right. you know what I'm
2: saying like that that that's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. but so uh, we have a uh, a couple in our church uh and they do they have a, a an instagram called sloan branding um and she's a photographer and um and they work together and help uh people set up their branding so i talked to them and i said how how can you help me and like we'll set up a a shoot with the book and some ideas that you've got to do this and they gave me some information about about posting and they're like hey here's some things that we like that you've posted before some things that got some traction and it was little like little quips of information. I did a social, I did a, a post on, uh, what not to post on social media mm-hmm. or like guidelines for social media. And it like, it got like tons of like traction. Like I, I was just, it was just something I just did randomly. I felt right. something, I heard I heard something. I was like, ah, I'm going to write that down. I thought, Hey, I want to make this cool and make it look pretty. And so, um, and so I, I did it, and I posted it, and it got like a ton of reshares. And I was just like, this is really okay. And they're like, hey, you should do that more because that's what people want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, then you can promote your website and promote the book with that too. Hey, while you're here, check out this book that I wrote. And so it kind of happens, this this natural progression between the post and the marketing. right? And so I, I kind of want to serve the two, and but I also want to be, you know, we can get up, and I've done it. I've done it a lot. The negative, the, the arguing that's on Facebook and Twitter and all that—it's all there in the comments. It's right. there, it, and we know and we've railed against it. I've preached about it. I've used every scripture like I could possibly can about arguing and divisiveness and everything. Or I can use it, get on there and be and and be some light, absolutely, and to encourage and perhaps maybe be some positive and have some positivity out there. So that's kind of the goal with it. Hopefully, it it's working a little
1: bit.
0: Well, one question that I have for you is how did you choose which avenues to go down? Because I know as like a young minister that's growing up that wants those kinds of outlets, I know that's why I came to dad about this podcast was it was a way that I know I don't have much information, but it's an outlet that I can use. But for that young leader that doesn't know which way to go, what do you suggest on using for social media?
2: (sighs) Right now, I would go to I would go to Instagram. Um, I, to me, that's where if you're young, that's where young people are. Right now, I don't know anything about TikTok. I've, all I've just heard is the negative parts of right. TikTok. And I and we can I'm sure that I've never had Snapchat. I never had Vine. Never had. Um, there's some things I just I just don't know anything about. So I don't. But I know there's mm-hmm. like 14 you know million it's plus re, re, you know users of Instagram, or maybe yeah. more than that, probably. Hundreds of millions. But anyway, that's where they are, and that's where a lot of people are gaining influence. If you're going to do it, I would go there first Mm -hmm. and maybe start posting positive things. Use uh, There's some free stuff like Canva. I use Canva a lot. Canva's got the templates. You you take it and, and plug in.
0: Well, I think it's really smart to know your audience as well because your younger people are going to be on Instagram, YouTube. I mean, studies show that I think out of Gen Z which is from ages like 13 to 22, I believe, 95% of that entire generation is on YouTube and Instagram, which is more than any other (laughs) generations beforehand. So I think one thing as a leader that is looking to put out information, you need to know where's your audience. Like you said, know where your audience is. So you need to know who you're trying to affect
2: and where they're at. I think we've got the message. I I know we've got the message. We've got the greatest message in the world. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we need to package it in, in, in the best possible way. Absolutely. And um, the tools are available to us to make it. I'm not saying we we're we're not um, prettying up the gospel
1: and trying to make it more what, appetizing or pleasing. I, I heard someone say it like this. The world is telling a lie very well. Yeah. While the church tells the truth poorly. Right. That's great. You know, and, and uh, not that we're trying to copy the methods of the world, no. but the mechanism that we have, uh, it, like your your book. We're going to talk about your new book, I Am, in just a minute. Uh, the cover, the presentation, and the way that it looks is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Then you go into the content, excellent. The layout, beautiful. And I think that speaks to we want to tell our message as well as we possibly can, right? We may not have the unlimited resources financially that some people do, but today we can do a decent job right. with our posting, with our the way it looks, our pages. I mean, it's 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 uh, at our reach. Let me let me recommend um, to all those listening and, and to
2: you all, if you're on Twitter and on Instagram, follow uh, Brady Shearer, oh, yeah. Brady Shearer, If you follow him oh, yeah. already, and uh, I, I I got. T- connected to him during uh COVID and his post during COVID for churches and influencers. And he's taken it up another notch uh, on his on his post and he's a huge, he's a huge inspiration. Um and so people like that, I think you see and you look at the larger church world, you know, of Christianity, there there's a lot of great influencers who are very creative and who have who are putting a mess a great message out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not all of the message, but they're putting a, a great message out there, right. and they're doing it very uh, aesthetically pleasing. You know, you look at Craig Goshell's, you know, Instagram page right. and Elevation. Jensen Franklin and Elevation, and uh, the, they put it out there. I think where are we? You know, Absolutely. you know, I, I think we need to. We it needs Amen. to be just as I'm not saying we got to preach like that, look right. like that, right. but right. I'm saying at least the packaging. Right. I mean, it's it's. I mean, the stuff's there, and so, mm-hmm. um, and I think you need if you don't have the eye for it, teach yourself the eye for it. Go watch Absolutely. YouTube videos right. And, right. And, and learn it.
0: Well, I think another thing is that I don't think the apostles and perhaps even Jesus's ministry would be as impactful if they stayed in the church. Right. So they had to go out. They went and break bread, uh, broke bread. In each other's homes, they went out and they went into the world. I think if the apostles were alive today, they would be using social Absolutely. media. Absolutely, and, and especially
1: they... in in the time of, of this virus, we're, we're not oh, able yeah. to get into people's homes oh, like yeah. we were before. But we can. And, well, I think that opened so many people through social eyes. media.
0: Beca- I think it opened people's eyes because you saw so many churches that didn't have live stream use that. Because yeah. now we're seeing the need. Oh, okay. now yeah. there is a need to go online.
2: If you were unplugged before the coronavirus, you are, you are unplugged now. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: if you, if you miss that, if you miss that moment, you're, you're you're way behind. Absolutely. Um, and I think God allowed this moment to take place for us to get our game together, Mm -hmm. uh, and to, and to kind of change our, our strategy. Like you said, if you didn't have it, if you didn't if you didn't have technology, if you weren't on something like a podcast, uh, if you didn't have your sermons on a podcast or somewhere on Facebook, YouTube or something, how did your people get connected to you? Right. Exactly. And, ha- and how did, how did exactly. you get to connect it to your community? Right. Yeah. You know, I th- here's, let, me, let me go back and kind of go back to, uh, to the podcast, why I started the Cut It Straight podcast. Um, I think of Bishop Walls,
0: mm-hmm.
2: who has been on the radio for how many years? Over 40. Yeah. And, but now he's,
1: he, I mean, he's still on the radio. Right.
2: And so mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I'll speak for the example I know of. Bishop McCool, when he went to Knoxville, he was on the radio three times a day. Yes. Three times a day, three separate shows. It wasn't recorded. It was three separate, separate shows. That's
0: awesome.
2: Three a, a day, then preaching on Wednesday, then preaching Sunday morning Bible class, then they went on broadcast. They went to television. Yeah. One of the first churches yeah. in App Stop moved to go on television, and then preached Sunday night. Yeah, and then had a a weekly newsletter called The Voice of Pentecost.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> what did he do in his spare time? What did he do? You know, <laughs> what, what, what,
2: what, and we and so here's our, here's our here's our my generation, our generation, where we're going. What what, what are we going to do? We'll us yeah. get out oh there and do goodness. it. We've got free. You got free podcast. Yes. Get you a, get you a thirty dollar microphone. That's right. What I, that's what I bought. A thirty dollar microphone. You can do a podcast. You can start a blog for free. I mean, you don't. You don't have to. It doesn't have to cost anything. The avenues are so much easier now too to do it. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. And, and and so that's that's what I I kind of envision. I thought I don't want to be outworked by the previous generation. No. Who, and that's good. If we've got more resources than they did. And I look at Bishop Wallace, who's using the avenues. He goes, I'm, "He's not going to be. He's not intimidated by Facebook. He's not intimidated. He's not intimidated <laughs> and, by." And, it.
1: and to those, those of you new to this podcast, we're talking about a a, a leader who is 83 years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. who posts every day, yeah, every day something dynamic. Uh, has a has a blog. He has a blog, Monday mornings he, with Bishop. Monday mornings with Bishop. He does, um, right now, he's doing three or four times a week a live 6.30 a.m. teaching class to Africa on video. He does a worldwide radio broadcast. That, that that is on shortwave radio or on the internet now, but um, has written a commentary on every New <laughs> Testament book. Yes, and Isaiah. I have that
2: Isaiah commentary, and it weighs five hundred pounds. Oh, it's huge, <laughs> and I, I've, I've been using it. And I have been using it while um, I got to this this well. <laughs> I have been using it. Well,
1: it, it, I think what we're trying to say is that every generation has their opportunity to go into the world. And preach the gospel. Preach the gospel, right? To every creature. Mm-hmm. We right now for this time. The day may come that they shut down the gospel on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or whatever the case may be. We'll find a new way. Let me go, let me add this. You said would would the apostles use it? Would they, if they were
2: alive today, would they use it? If you go back and you study the the uh, way letters were written in the New Testament world, mm-hmm. the form of the, of the letters, Paul and Peter and James and John, they all used that same exact form
0: mm-hmm. to write a letter. Right.
2: An introduction, the body of a letter, and a conclusion in greetings. Right. Paul, when he would preach, he used the same type of rhetoric forms of public speaking that the Greeks used. Mm-hmm. He used what, what others around them had perfected, right, yes, and he wrapped up the message of Jesus Christ, whether he was speaking as a with the rhetoric of the Greeks or he was writing the letters of the of the of the Roman world, mm-hmm. I think he would use whatever means oh, yeah, possible absolutely.
1: absolutely, and I think we should too, absolutely, and you know it's it's like uh you look at his letters to Timothy, they were written to one man for everybody to enjoy right. It's like he has written an impassionate, personal thoughts to a young man, and his second letter to Timothy is written in prison while he's on death row. Right. Many of us would be wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth, Mm -hmm. and saying, "What do I do?" Paul found a way in prison on Mm -hmm. death row to think about somebody else, Mm -hmm. and somehow got materials in hand so he could write. Yes. Right. One thing I think that the Lord may ask us, what'd you do with your Twitter? Right. What'd you do with your Instagram account? What did you do Mm -hmm. with your Facebook page? Right. Were you just taking pictures of your meals? Right. Or were you... Posting something that was about the kingdom. Would to God that every Christian would continue posting about their family. That's great. Right. But post the got something about the gospel. Absolutely. Right. Something about the good news of the kingdom of God. And just counteract counteract all this fear and doubt mm-hmm. and and unbelief. Right. Well, and
0: if I know for a young ministry, if you're struggling thinking like, Well, I don't think I have any influence. Look on your friends list. Right. That's influence. Right. Your followers, that's influence. Yes. There is opportunities for the word to get out there. Absolutely. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, it, it, let's shift from from uh, the social media stuff, and let's talk about your new book. We're t- we're, we're talking about uh, talking today with uh, Nathan Whitley. Amen. I, I'm proud of you, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, holding this book here today. Uh, This is his second book that has been published. Uh, The first one's title is... The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines. The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines. It's right over there somewhere in my bookshelf. But uh, he has written a new book called I Am, Studies in the I Am Declarations of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is just just a tremendous read. Mm -hmm. It will be inspiring to you and encouraging to you, Um, so highly recommend that you go get it. Quickly uh, tell us the website that they can go get right now that we're going to get into the content of it. You can go to amazon.com. Uh, you can get the ebook there. And you can get the ebook of Lost
2: Art of Spiritual Disciplines there as well. Mm-hmm. But you can also get the paperback of I Am on Amazon uh, if you have prime free shipping. Um, or if you want to go to my website, nswhitley.com, where you can find uh, lots of different posts, and essays, and sermon notes and podcast episodes. But if you click on the store, uh, you'll also find a link where you can go buy those as well.
0: We'll put it in the show notes as well to kind of make it easier yeah. on our listeners yeah. for both books as well.
2: Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. But this and
0: latest book, I mean, you've outdone yourself. It's a fantastic book. I loved it. You're one of my favorite authors, and I'm not being biased. I <laughs> here recently had to learn to like reading Yeah, because I, I didn't, and I have really loved it. But your writing is in such a way where uh, time passes that I didn't know did in yeah, <laughs> reading That's it. encouraging. I appreciate it, it's that. It's very well written, and I think every minister and every leader should have it in their homes because, you know, this book is about the declarations of Jesus, but I've found so many nuggets of great leadership inspirations in there that I'm I'm looking forward to using.
1: Amen. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of the book. Uh, I find it very interesting what your thought I'd like to know what your thought process was before writing. I, uh, I, re- I, let me go back to, I wrote
2: Lost Art back in 2013. And that was, um, I wrote three blog, blog, blog posts on prayer, uh, fasting and Bible reading. And Anthony Wilkes said, Hey, you should put this in a book. Mm-hmm. and uh and so i i did I, that was kind of the seed of that and and i worked and and fleshed it out and you helped me with uh looking over that and helping me help me uh produce that and so uh it took me 5 years to uh start this one And really, it wasn't starting out as a book. It was just a sermon series for our school on Friday mornings, which we have, um, we call it Elevate Student Chapel. And we preach, Uh, we have service from uh, 9.30 till 10.30, and it is two-year-olds through Mm -hmm. 18-year-olds. And then I preach to kindergarten through Twelfth uh, grade. So the, the, the two year olds or four year olds go to their class after praise and worship because they can't have the attention span to, <laughs> to, to stay for preaching. Um, but usually they're the most, they're the most excitable ones in the in the room. So, um, but so I always try to plan a series. I, I I've since I'm going there since going to Knoxville. I've in doing this on Fridays. I have wanted to be a sermon uh, series preacher because I wanted to demonstrate um, systematic. Reading of the Bible mm-hmm. where to demonstrate that the Bible is not just made up of um, unconnected stories and unconnected right. principles and laws and prophecies and and proverbs. But I wanted people to see, hey, I can this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I was to me preaching a sermon series, Helps that instead of preaching just one-off sermons, and plus it's really frustrating trying to come up with a new st- sermon thought, you know, <laughs> every week. You know, and that's right. hard. It's hard to do, and I, I'd, ra- I'd rather be structured, knowing three weeks in advance what I want to preach. And so, uh, I've, I've done several series there, I and mean, then I, I thought about it. And I was in, uh, I was in Poland, sitting next to missionary Mark Stumbo to Russia. And I said, how did Bishop how does I said, you were there. I said, you know, how does Bishop Walls do it? And I said, how does he produce all of these? And he goes, Well, I think he just takes his sermon notes and he's preached through these things and turns them into that. And I had this epiphany. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> duh. I mean, I've, I've you got can you know, do that? I can I can like Shazam. I was like, I, I I think I could do that, you know. Yeah. And so I went into that year. I thought, okay, I want to I had this this idea on the I am statements of Jesus, and I thought. This sounds like a good sermon series to do, and so I'm not going to get emotional, but I might just get us a little bit emotional talking about that sermon series because I was—it was just like preaching. Our school is not made up of just Apostolic Pentecostal kids. Right. We have every. I, we have Muslims, we have Buddhists, we have atheists, we have anything you can think of. They, that Those families are represented in our school. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's not just apostolic Pentecostal kids. And so um, I had this idea. I thought, I'm going to make this sermon series the best I've done yet. And so I wanted, I read this great book on, um, uh, at the moment, I can't remember the name of it, but it was so good I forgot the name of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, And so it was talking about Getting people hands on Into their faith And so I thought I'm gonna have some really Cool illustrations with this Some kind of props with it I'm not a props preacher um, But I don't wanna rely On that too much But so I had this idea I thought, okay, I am the bread. I'm going to get all those kids, some way, Some I'm going to get them bread in their hands. And mm-hmm. we're going to have a great time. So I got little uh, breadsticks, little uh, cracker breadsticks, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. I and I got them all in little, uh, little packages for them, and I gave them all out, so I preached I am the bread. And so then I ordered these little lights, these illuminating uh, neon lights on Amazon to all the kids, and we turn off all the lights, and I am the light. And they shined them all, got a great picture of us doing that. And then I am the door, and I went to the, I went to the I am the door, and I had a guy in our church build me this door, and so I I, I had it up there. I had it, actually I had it down the floor, and I'm trying not to get emotional, and um and I preached that day, and um, the Holy Ghost just it was the, it was just amazing, and I had these kids who I've I've never seen, uh, I know have never been to a Pentecostal church other than our school, and they've never been around it, and I got to the I said run through the door. I seen these kids who have never responded like mm. running to that and I had seen a young boy I know who comes from a a Muslim home he was laid out in the Holy Ghost <laughs> after he walked through that door
0: that's awesome and wow. people
2: were walking over him to I uh, it was it wasn't me that's it, awesome. it was just I thought oh, oh I think we we've got something here right and it was just one of those m- pivotal moments and I, I preached that at our national youth convention a couple years yes. ago and I and it was just kind of like it was just and it was just the moment, you know, that, and I'll never forget that, seeing all those, you know, thousands of kids trying to get through those doors that we mm-hmm. had set up. Right. And so I thought, okay, I think I'm going to put this in a book. I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, and for me, this is, you know, writing for me is, I don't want to just write to write. All, all, all the stuff that's on my website, it's in the books, I want people to take and use it. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the point for me. And I didn't know that, but Lost Art, um, I had pastors reaching out saying, we want to teach this in our church. Can we buy copies for people in our church? I was like, teaching your church. I was just like, I was like so (laughs) baffled by that. And they were like, yeah, we want, we're going to teach it in small groups. We're going to teach it to our, and I have more people tell me they taught that Lost Art to like classroom settings. And I was just, I thought, okay, maybe this is this is the this is the vein I can go in. Mm-hmm. And so with I am, I thought, how can I make that usable? And so Ashley was like, make sure you add and include a study guide for, in every chapter. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So you can have a great that idea. And, and you mm-hmm. can and, and so if you want people to use it, it's there. So it. again, that's that's kind of the genesis of it. I took my sermon notes um, from that series, rewrote them to let them be readable and um,
1: so that's, that's kind of the product. Well, when you have a God moment connected to a book, then you are doing something that you said a while ago, and that was where Peter was told, Go feed my sheep. Right. Uh, your influence is beyond where you now serve. Right. Because of, of being a, an author, it, it impacts people in whatever state, in Medora. Uh, wherever wherever a person may be, you know, from Indiana to Tennessee to Timbuktu, and so to me, if if we could understand that there are a lot of people who have the giftings, that if they'll just put their and apply themselves to 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 feed the sheep of God, uh, as you have done, and that that's an amazing that's amazing concept of growing your influence through writing and producing a book, well. It took
2: me two years to get it completed. I took all those sermon notes, and I, uh, one of our teachers in our school, she's over our English department, and she's she's, a, she's brilliant. And uh, she edited Lost Art and uh, helped me rewrite it, and she really helped me see my flaws in my writing because... Preaching notes are not the same as chapters in a book. I mean, because we are always changing, uh, we're always changing who we are addressing. You know, as a preacher, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't constantly say you, 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 you while you're preaching. You have to say we, (laughs) our, and every once in a while flavor it with a you need to repent. You know, mm-hmm. you know we we have unclean hands, and finally you say you have killed. You know, you have to right. change the. And but in, in writing a book, you have to stay consistent with that, or it's very people are gonna be confused, you're disconnected. And I'm very bad at that because of preaching. You know, preaching mm-hmm. and it doesn't right. translate. So she she taught me how to make sure to tighten that up and and make it uh, readable, uh, and I think it's helped me quite a bit. To I think the writing part has helped my preaching. You know, I think that's helped to kind of shore up the,
1: the communicating uh, when I preached and to be a little more concise in what I'm trying to say. And I think writing helps you, at least it helps me when I write, uh, whether it be a, a lesson or a message, is it keeps me on point. Yes. It keeps me on point. And uh, I, growing up, I was very—it con- uh, it would bother me when I'd hear a preacher preach discursively you know, just grab the shotgun and right blow it out there, because uh, it would leave me wondering where are we going, right? And what what is trying to happen here? So I think that uh, writing helps us get to the place where we can uh, uh, express it more directly and concisely. Uh, chapter one. I love the statement from chapter one when you're talking about Moses, mm-hmm. and this is a quote knowing his flaws and sins, humbly ask, Who am I? He followed that question with excuses, such as, I am not eloquent, a slow speech. Moses needed the impotent, uh, in, omnipotent I am to fulfill the commission. Israel was weak and hopeless in their bondage, and they too needed the I am. Those who need hope can find it in the I am. That, capsulizes the 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 book in my my opinion. And looking at that, talk about how the revelation of the I, I am, because if you see the cover of the book, it's bold. I am. I mean, but talk about how that revelation of the I am impacted you during the study and writing of the book. So where Moses has that
2: moment. With God in the burning bush. And he says, uh, who am I going to say sent me? Mm -hmm. Tell them I am who I am See, Mm -hmm. Because they're going to want to know who he is because Mm -hmm. they don't know who they are.
0: Right.
2: Oh, that's good. And Mm -hmm. they don't know whose they are because they don't know who he is. That's good. And so then Moses turns around and goes, well, who am I?
1: <laughs> That's what he does. Exactly. He
2: does. He goes, Who am who am I that you would send me? Yeah. I'm a man of slow speech. I'm an uneloquent man. Yeah. Who am I? So it's turned around. Mm-hmm. God says, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Tell them who who I am, because they're going to want to know who he is because they right. don't know who they are. And, right. and then Moses turns around and goes, Well, my Lord, who am I? <laughs> I can't do it either. Right. Yeah. And so that's where you know I think there's people who've probably said it better than than i I did, oh well, I wish I could have said it better was that it was you know the response of of God answering that question who am who am I going to tell them sent me? I am who I am, mm-hmm. which is the great I am mm-hmm. Moses doesn't even know who he is, and he sees the inadequacies of himself, yeah. Israel sees the inadequacies of them, uh, the inadequacies of themselves, because they're enslaved to Pharaoh.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So they they need something to inspire them to get up out of where they are. Yes, to have faith, to have trust yes. in this God that they can't see in a culture surrounded by visible gods. Mm-hmm. And now they're, he, who am I? <laughs> and so God said, "I'll be with you." Yeah. So that I am. The great I am is going to be with the one who says,
1: I really don't think I could do it because of I know who I am. Wow. That's a powerful, powerful observation because we are living in a culture that everybody's saying, who am I? Mm -hmm. Now they're declaring who they are, but you watch it change from one time to another. What they're really saying is, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. And they're searching for it. They're searching for it. And quite frankly, you can't know who you are until you know who he is. So Jesus,
2: and we don't we my the lady who helped Sister Sandy Ryan, who helped me edit it, she came back to me as soon as I gave it to her. She goes, Don't call it studies in the I am statements. She goes, they're not statements, they're declarations. Mm. She goes, a statement is being made. She goes, he was declaring who he was.
1: That's Jesus good. was
2: not stating he was declaring i am mm. i thought okay we'll thank go you. with that we'll go with that <laughs> thank and you. thank you english <laughs> master and um and so because so jesus was the fulfillment of that to help you yeah. see who the, the inadequacies as i wrote there you know in 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 your brokenness and all the flaws in our sin you see the inadequacy so he can be mm-hmm. the bread of mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. he can fulfill he can nourish you
1: yeah
2: those who are in darkness seen a great light.
1: He's the light. He,
2: he is the light. He is the. He is. He. I am the light. Amen. I'm the light of the world. Well, the, now he is. He is the door. He's the door to salvation. Where Where are we going to go? Who, how are we going to get out of here? Yeah. Jesus is the way out. He's the door to salvation. No man comes into the Father except by me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We're living in a lost, wandering world. Through Jesus, you find direction and guidance. So he is the culmination to, of the I am and meets you where you are. So whether you are you know, malnourished by sin, mm. whether you are in darkness because of sin, or you're lost because of sin, he fulfills all those things in you. Mm. So when you say, who am I? He goes, well, what do you
1: need? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> whatever. whatever what, what do you need? I am. I am. Yeah, whatever you need. Whatever you need. I am. That, that's that's So that's kind
2: of, that's that's the revelation I had of that while while studying it. And then I, I, I close it out with um, kind of more of a theological doctrinal statement that in Christ is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, that He is the I Am. And when He is declaring that He is I Am, He is declaring that He is the I Am that I Am of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that when you see me, you've right. seen the Father. So I kind of go into this... Um, you know, doctrinal diatribe to, at the end to to kind of dec- that it's the culmination of all of that. Yeah.
1: It, it ties it all together.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think there was a chapter, David, that you were talking to me about that read that you read that stood out to you, and that was about the Good Shepherd.
0: Oh yeah, that was and that was probably one of my favorites
1: <laughs> for sure. Share with uh uh with us some of the thoughts that you had about that.
0: So in chapter five, you deal with I am the Good Shepherd, and I think that that chapter had so much to do with leadership from what I saw that obviously Jesus is the ultimate example when it came to leadership and how we are to deal with people because there's, there's no one else like Jesus, Mm -hmm. but you dealt with the differences between a good and bad shepherd. Right. And then I liked how you also went with a hired hand does not have the same impact as the shepherd does. Right. Can you talk about that just for a little bit?
2: yeah so that the 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 bad shepherds is going back to the the book of um Ezekiel where he the Lord is going through how the shepherds and and it's not just shepherds over a flock of sheep but it was um, metaphorically for the leaders of Israel how they had led uh the people astray for so long um and and not speaking truly for for God and so they were uh, they were the bad shepherds, and they were really, the, they were the the hirelings. They were the ones that were hired out. They weren't, they weren't looking out for the best interests of the people. They were looking out for the best interests of themselves. Well, then here comes Jesus as, uh, you know, Ezekiel uses that phrase, son of man, just about more than anybody else in the Old Testament, I, th- I believe. And Jesus is the son of man, but not as, as the son of man, he is the fulfillment uh, of of the good shepherds he's the he's the antithesis of all the bad shepherds of Israel mm-hmm. and then if you look you look at uh, at that time the the bad shepherds were kind of they they were you know brought over into the New Testament because of the Pharisees and the scribes right. and, and and you know they were really just they were hirelings um, and and they were wor- more concerned about uh, their position with Rome and keeping that position of power and keeping the the people of God under that under that dominance, and so here comes Jesus, kind of turning that all upside down, and that He's the Good Shepherd, um, and He's He He's not just worrying He's not worrying about Himself; He's worrying about that one that's lost. Absolutely, uh, He's He's worried about you know He knows them by name. You know mm-hmm. they're not just a faceless person to right. him. You know you right. have you have purpose. And so he's not just a, you know, a hireling. He has come to be uh, the, the, the great shepherd of all shepherds, that he's the fulfillment of what, you know, Israel should have been, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 as their leaders should have been. And so, and that could, that you know, you could expand on that in a million ways for oh, leadership right. And, right. And, and, and ministry.
0: Well, and I really love how you said that the shepherd knows the name of each of his flock, because that in itself also speaks of relationship mm-hmm. in in our sense. Of course, right. God knows your name. He right. knows the hairs on your head. But for us, it's that relationship with the flock that says, even though there's 99 in this field, I know that there's one that's still out there that, you know, as God searches for us, there's one that we still need to look forward to. I just, it's a fantastic book. Y'all, I, y'all I just need it. to read it.
1: Yes, I think it's it's important uh You know, both your books are about discipleship and relationship with Christ and building your Christian life. And, uh, can't wait for your next one. Are you working on your next one? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, um, I've got two in the, that I'm working
2: on the moment, uh, Again, going back to Bishop Wall's inspiration to write every day on Facebook, uh, the daily reading from the Bible. I'm writing a devotion every day from my daily reading. So if you're reading through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation in a year, if you're following it the way your English Bible is compiled, uh, which is Mm -hmm. canonically, um, that's what I'm writing on right right now. I've got... um, I'm halfway, I'm, I'm in Isaiah at the moment. I'm about, I'm about 30 <laughs> days behind schedule, but uh, that's okay. So I'm hoping to have that by next year to have that out. That's cool. Um, and then one that's done, I just have to get it edited, which is um, uh, is called Words Fitly Spoken, and it is all my uh, sermons over the past about five years or so that I feel like I've had a little bit of impact. So I've got those in a book called Words Fitly Spoken. Hopefully by January that will be out Uh, And then I'm working on a Colossians um, Bible study, commentary, something. So hopefully that'll be out next year, too.
1: And uh, I think it's very important to encourage our young generation to write. Yes. Uh, God so loved the world that he sent his word. Right. Not to bust anybody's bubble, he didn't send a video. Right. It was a written word. Right. He sent his word. And I think that sometimes uh, I love it. Vid- I believe that video is, has a place to, to declare the gospel, but on that video is word. Right. Either be spoken, written, whatever the case may be. Right. But I think sometimes what a video does is that it removes imagination. Yes. It removes the, the need to think what was said. Reading a book like I am yeah. makes you have to stop and think. Right. And assess and reason, where a lot of people watch a video, watch a message or whatever the case may be, uh, something that is video-driven, then it becomes, I'm entertained. Right. A book has to be digested. Yes. And uh, I think that that all leaders should be writers. Absolutely. Readers, yes. But mm-hmm. writers, maybe even something that is not consumed by anybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's the way you formulate your words and tragically, I was a horrible English student I was in too. school. I was too. I hated it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there were, I loved recess. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby said that her new school, she's got three recesses. <laughs> Ask her how her school is. It's got three recesses, you know. Yeah. But I think the, the encouragement coming today, what we want to do is 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 now capsulize our podcast, kind of bring it in into focus and summary. And we want to grow our influence on every level. A young leader growing their influence. And the way we do that is by simply carrying out our ministry duties and expanding and growing. And one way to do that is right. Absolutely. Right. Right. And it don't have to make it it's not that it's beautiful or pretty, but right because the more you write, the more I believe it begins to release some understanding. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Brother Nate, it's been awesome having you. It's such an honor. We're so thankful. Uh, but before we close, where can people find you?
2: Uh, first of all, um, you can go to my website, nswhitley.com You can find uh, all my devotionals there. The daily readings from the Bible are all there. All my sermon notes are there. They're all searchable. and um, Usually keywords, you can find that or something like that. You just search it. You can find it. Subscribe to it if you uh, want to subscribe to it. It says on the right-hand sign there, have them delivered. Put it in your email so you can get right to your uh, inbox awesome. every day where I write. Uh, podcast is available there. Uh, Cut It Straight is available on iTunes, uh, Google Play, all those places, Spotify. And then uh, follow me on Instagram, n.s.whitley on Instagram or at Twitter, at nswhitley, or just find me on Facebook, Nathan S. Whitley. Find me there or find my page there, um, n s Whitley as well. Tag you know Tag me somewhere. Um, and uh, connect with me. I'd love to hear from you and uh, know more about
1: you and how I can serve you
2: best through uh,
1: through the kingdom. And, and you know, I think it's very important that we we follow, you know, ministries like this wholesome, truth, God-anointed uh, ministry. Uh, Brother Nate, it's been great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Love you so much. Love your family, your beautiful wife, Ashley. And you also have a darling of a daughter, yes. Easton, uh, and uh, she's going to be
2: the powerhouse. She's going to be Is the she? she's going to be the music writer, the songwriter, the player. <laughs> she's going to be the writer. She's
1: going to take the gifts from it. both yeah. of you. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. She's and turn the world upside down. She's got it. She wants to know all about it. She's uh, uh, it's she's awesome. very creative, and uh, hopefully, she gets a lot of that from
1: the McCools, and uh, and we can see what God's going to do greatly through uh. her. Thank you for being with us on Kingdom Link. We uh, do our best to drop down a couple podcasts a month, and uh, we want to be a blessing to you. Um, you know, David, and it, this is fun. We're blessed to get to do this.
0: Oh, yeah. It's such a great time.
1: And uh, so uh, join us next time. We would encourage you to go subscribe to Kingdom Link Podcast. If you're listening for the first time, hit that subscription button. If it has been a blessing to you, write a review. That would be a blessing to us. Uh, You can also follow us on our Facebook page, uh, Kingdom Link Podcast. Thank you, everybody. We look forward to our next podcast being with you. Keep looking up. And remember, here at Kingdom League, we believe leadership matters, only matters if it is passed on.